The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. Dara is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about and that's really fun. I listen to dancing at the crossroads there about three or four times a week in the car on the way down just to get me <laughs> <laughs> Tony's like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game chair. And we had to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. Come on, Wexford! Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast. That's three wins from three in the league for Wexford under Dara Egan after a six-point win against Henry Shefflin's Galway in Salt Hill on Sunday. Are we allowed to start getting carried away, Ben? To be honest, I'm just upset I didn't put the money on earlier. Really? I feel like I've lost out already. How about the holidays? Are you booking off the holidays in July? Now, I did that. I did that before Christmas. <laughs> it was uh, great to see so many good performances. Rory O'Connor shone again in attack, D excellent in midfield, and another brilliant defensive display with Damien Rex standing out with some super hooks and flicks. And then young Ushin Pepper really announced himself coming off the bench to score a crucial goal and a point. We're joined this week by former Galway player and current Galway minor manager, Fergal Healy. Fergal was also the coach for the Galway seniors for the last two years with Shane O'Neill, so he was able to provide some great insights for us. Here we are with Fergal. All right, Fergal, after, after Wexford's big win in Salt Hill at the weekend, come championship in April when Galway come down to Wexford Park to play, will Henry Shefflin and the Galway team be coming to Wexford, shaking in their boots with the fear? Um, gosh, look, at, I, think, I, think, I, think they'll, um, I think they're not going to be too despondent about the league. Um, I think Henry won't be too... Won't be overly pushed about the results yesterday. I, I suppose the most thing that's probably pissing him off really is the performance. Um, you know, and like there was just you know the work rate wasn't there that was there against against Limerick, like and the intensity and the tackle, like you know, and and that that ferociousness they brought the day against Limerick, and um, when they turned them over, you know, constantly. Like whereas yesterday, like you know, at times there Wexford brought the ball from full back line down to the other end of the field without anyone laying a finger on them like you know so that's probably the most worrying aspect of it but um like from being involved myself um last year like and the year before obviously the two covid years but like last year we had a really good league so um it, it didn't really do us any good either like you know when we played the two championship matches so you know I wouldn't be reading the whole lot into it I think thing for Henry is they're obviously trying to find a couple of new players, which they have to, because the nucleus of our 
team really the you know the, the, the good guys that we've relied on for a few years they're all pushing on a bit like you know not that they're very old or anything either like but they have a lot of mileage and they do need you know you need help like and you know when you lose the likes of Wheelow there didn't start yesterday Connor like um you know it it left a huge void altogether in the forward line like so you know that's kind of what was the story with Connor Whelan was it a late injury yeah well uh, yeah just just from what I gather he 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 picked up a knock Friday evening because we we actually trained in Lock George ourselves with minors um there Friday evening ourselves or we know we were just finishing up we finished up before the seniors were they were coming in dribs and drabs as we were finishing up so but normally like that that session would be you know literally a, a non-contact enough type session you know um you know less than 48 hours before a game like so it's not that they would have been doing so maybe it might be some form of muscle injury or something that he would have just aggravated while running like or turning or twisting so i don't think it's it's too serious anyway hopefully jesus fingers crossed like um He's a he's a he's a monster of a man. We know, like you know, he's a he's a machine. Like so, we uh, you definitely need him. Like every every team could do. We could do with a few more of them. Like you know, but you need someone like him to be leading the attack anyway, constantly. Like so, but it's trying to it's trying to build in the few guys around him is, is probably the key, really, isn't it? Really for 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 our guys anyway for, for the remaining games in the league. It's astonishing how good he is watching him play because he can kind of do everything, really, can't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, like he's just. Like he's, it's not that he's the tallest man in the world or anything like, but my God, he's, he's, he's frighteningly strong. Like, you know, like you'd rarely see someone coming out of a 50-50 ball. Like, and like most of the time he ends up with two guys kind of shadowing him a lot of the time. Like, so, you know, he, but like, I suppose he has that ability to win that ball first time. Like, you know, we'd say when we were doing any sort of drills you'd be doing there, be it, you know, touch drills with a bit of contact or even the non-contact stuff prior to a game. Uh, Connor would always be coming out to collect the ball with his hand, like you know, he'd always he's he's obviously left hand on top with the hurl, so he'd always come out with the right hand. So you could be driving a ball at him like 100 mile an hour, bouncing a foot off the ground, and he'll come out at full pace trying to catch it with the right hand. Like, so you'll see him when he does play, he comes out an awful lot, like and he goes down low with that hand, like so. And like, there's not many lads because you'd be trying to encourage you know other players to try and do it. And I used to laugh, like, he'd be saying to us, like, try, you know, can we? get the lads, get them to catch the ball more, like, whereas most guys' instinct is to go down with the hurl, like, you know, the one touch, like, you know, whereas he goes with the one hand, which takes out the touch. Um, <laughs> and, like, you know, nine, nine times out of ten, he'll win that ball. And if he wins that kind of a ball, you know, as a, as a cornerback, you're screwed, like, you know, or, or wherever you are in the backs, like, because usually he'll turn you or as a back you've committed and you're nearly gone too far, like, because not every, not every guy can, can take a ball at that pace turn and be gone like you know so he's um yeah look at he's he's a he's a as i said he's a machine of a, of a man like and a ferocious attitude to train like you know and brings lads along with him like because you know if lads aren't putting in the work like you know if lads don't work as hard as him and it's something he probably can't understand the times how lads just can't seem to work as hard as him like but not everyone is uh is built like him either so that they aren't and does he not understand that other lads are not quite as gifted skillfully as him <laughs> Yeah, well, there is that. It sounds like, like he works on it, Ben. <laughs> but even on, regardless of his skill, or even if, you know, all of that, like, it's, even if he didn't have much skill, like, he's, um, just the way he works, like, he just has that ethic, like, you know, and like, no matter what we played, in my time there, like, when, when analysis were done after games, and, and the, the breakdowns were done on the, the work rates, the different types of work rates, and stuff like, you know, he, he was always top of the charts, every single day. Um, 
just just he's got this just ferocious appetite for working and tackling and Harrison and you know just that horrible stuff that most lads you know don't tend to like like you know and uh, he just thrives on it like you know so we'd be always trying to say to him and I used to always try and say to him he's trying to focus a little bit more on you know it's the scoring part of being a forward as opposed to <clears throat> killing yourself every time like because usually when you see Rilo going out for a ball there's always a bit of hardship involved in him getting it you know you rarely see him unless it's laid off to him or a good really good ball is played into him that he comes out picks it and taps it over he's usually under a little bit of hardship like you know so I think for Galways they need to try and uh, work on him in relation to work on as a forward unit to try and maybe alleviate some of the pressure off Wheelow that like so that he's getting the ball like rather than constantly being the man that has to win it like because Wheel like he's a he's a fantastic man to score like he can he can score from anywhere like and he has that you know that drive to to go for goal when he gets anywhere near the goal like you know and like that was something we were conscious of just just for us last year we got three weeks prep before um the league starts in May and then you had league names every week and next thing it was three weeks from our last game against Cork to the Dublin game. So it's not that you had a huge amount of time to work on all of this kind of stuff, like, you know. But uh, when you have the time to do it, I think, you know, trying to get Connor uh, in a position to score more uh, would be something I, I personally would be looking at, you know, um, as opposed to trying trying to offload the, the massive amount of work he does, you know. I suppose in the last two years, when you were a coach with Galway, one of the players that really did come through as a, as a help to, to Whelan was Brian Concanon, uh, who was also missing at the weekend. But Evan Nyland as well, who's kind of emerged in the last two years. I think Brian was injured, was he? But Evan was just yeah. not is he not making it? Brian, Brian, Brian hurt his shoulder in a Fitzgibbon game. Um or was it no? It was actually with Galway. It was a guy. It was with Galway in the league game against Offaly, because that was the, on the Sunday before. Uh, was it the Fitzgibbon semi final? I think it was on the Wednesday. So I think it ruled him out for that. I don't know what kind of injury it is again. Uh, something to do with the AC joint. I know. I saw. Hopefully, I don't think it's Anthem. You know, that's going to take. He's going to be hugely long term. But the only thing is, when you pick up an injury with the current uh, structure of the championship and, and you, 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 you lose three or four weeks at this time of year, it's, it's a lot of work to, to, to lose, you know, and trying to get that sharpness up, like, because like Beano would have been flying there for in UIG and the Fitzgibbon, like, and, you know, when lads are hurling at that time of year, they'll always be sharper, you know, come the national leagues, like, and for now, like it's like, it's rolling into championship. It was seven weeks last Saturday that Galway are going down to Wexford like so it's, it's, it's very close like you know so ideally you'd want to be getting Brian back in the next two to three weeks because you take out your your kind of deload week there coming up to the championship you're down to six weeks prep really like so yeah. and you fire in a league game next weekend you're down to do you know what I mean you you know you're now you're down to five weeks so like it's it, you don't feel it going and Galway have two more league games so it's very hard to do heavy workload of, uh, of stuff the weeks of games as well like um and again, you know, we're working, the lads would be probably working under, the same as every team, I suppose you're working under lights as well, which, you know, is, is not really ideal either. Like, you're not going to be playing any championship games under lights. Like, so, you know, you're just, you run out of time awful quickly. Like, so I suppose it is, it's, it's vital like that, that the injuries, we, we don't pick up any more injuries because Jason is, he's on the way back and he's probably, but it'll probably be, probably May, early May by the time he's back and, and Shane. This is Jason Flynn. Jason Flynn, yeah, he picked up a 
a nasty hamstring injury in a, a Walsh Cup game against in Offaly the first day out. And uh, Shane is is coming back from an injury as well. He picked up um, in a, in a challenge match with Thomas's before they played uh, uh, Bally Hale. So um, like they're all in, like you know <clears throat> you take Jason and and Shane Cooney, you know Joe Kenning. Um, Aiden Hart, like they were all guys that were in our top twenty last year, like you know. So you're you're taking out a, a chunk of lads there that you're trying to replace them with, and are the guys there ready to replace them? Yes, I suppose that's the, the whole project of of this 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 league campaign. I think you mentioned Joe Canning there. I understand you have managed to rope him in to be a coach with you in the the minor team. What's oh, he bring? Yeah. What's he bring yeah. to the setup? Um, yeah, look at Joe. He's sure obviously look at one of the one of the greatest players we've ever came across, I suppose, in in the country. Like you know, and I was lucky enough to to play with him and uh, and and do a bit of coaching with him. Not that he'd need a whole lot of coaching, though, to be fair. Um, I know Joe well. I, I he actually he lived in a house belonged to me down in uh, in Limerick as well for um, for three or four years back in the noughties, Actually, when he was starting out, you know, himself and. Uh, Willie Highland from from Leash there and Paddy O'Brien there is hurling with Kilmallock wing back the Limerick lads so they all lived in, in a house I have there in Cardiff back in the day so I know Joe a long time and I suppose I would have been talking to him a good bit before the minors just about helping out and you know whenever he could like that that was if he did retire you know uh, at the time I you know he was adamant it was but I suppose everybody was hoping he might change his mind but no he was very he was he was very enthusiastic about coming on and. You know, he asked, was there, you know, he asked, to, you know, to actually, you know, get more involved. And, and at the time, it was, I was looking for somebody from kind of East Galway as well to have somebody from that, in that side of the county. So it fitted nicely into it. Like with the minors, it's it's not it's not as long a season. Like, you know, like we're not playing till May. Our first pitch session was actually only last Friday. So it's not a, it's a, it's not a very long session, a long uh, period of time. But look at it's. He's very enthusiastic about it. Like he's a lot to offer. Like you know, and even in the trial games we've had to date, um, you know, down in Lock George and wherever, like Joe was in there handing out jerseys to these guys walking in the door. Like you know, so you know, it's fantastic for for them young guys to to be able to to walk up close with this guy and, and you know and try and you know ask questions of him. And you know, even though to be fair, at this stage it's early days, so a lot of these kids will be probably a little bit maybe intimidated until they to get to know him properly, I suppose, you know, as the weeks go by, like, but, you know, look, we're, we're, we're looking forward to going at it properly now for the next couple of months. And like, he's going to have a big role to play from a, from a coaching point of view, definitely. You know? So the young lads are intimidated by Joe as opposed to in awe of him. Mm. Yeah. In awe is probably a better word, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look at, yeah, definitely. Like they're, you know, I suppose it's just, for them to, to see this guy there handing out jerseys to them like and, and all that kind of stuff. Um it's a good experience for them. Like it's a good experience for Joe as well to um see if this is kind of something he wants to do and if he wants to, you know, good opportunity, you know, to cut his cloth there at, at coach. And you know, it's it's <clears throat> it's definitely for us it's a it's a big development project. Um, you know, where we in Galway for the last few years were um we're struggling to get lads, you know, ready for senior you know, it's just it's just taking that little bit longer, really. You know, and um, you know, even though we've won a lot of minors, and we seem to struggle a little bit with the twenties, and and the guys coming out of the twenties then uh, don't seem to be you know that ready. You know, 
physically, I would say more so than from a hurling point of view. When you look at other counties, so the challenge again going back for, to Galway is to try and find some lads now that can fill that gap, like from like Cahal Mannion, Adrian Tuhi age bracket, which is what 26, 27, back to maybe the 21, 22 year olds. You know, how many guys have we got in that bracket now that can step up now and start taking control? So, like from the 2015 minor team, if you look back, like when we started winning, that close of minors will say, you know, in fairness, yesterday, like you had Jack Grealish was playing, Finton was playing, Finton Burke, and Tom Monaghan was playing, Sean Loftus was on the bench. Um, so, you know, there's there's a nice few of that team, like, you know, it's over the next two or three years, there's not as many guys that seem to be to be popping into it, you know. So Wait, Why um, is it? Why is it you think Galway find it so difficult to have success? Um, like, if we look at Wexford point of view, don't have that much success on Ridge. If we had one All Ireland winning minor team, we'd be like, "This is our team for the next ten years." Yeah, and like I was involved in 2019 with our minors, and I was coaching there under Brian. Brian Hanley was managing, and um, we actually played Wexford in the in the in the All Ireland semi final. We had a good game with them, and I see like the likes of Richie Lawler is coming on there now, and you know I was I was only talking to Michael Jacob there in the last a few times over the last week or two in relation to uh, organizing. A challenge game there uh, for next week, but um, you know, I was asking about a couple of other fellas like you know Keen Malloy and lads like that, like you know, so and like even that young Pepper, um, I don't think was in the mix that time. He was probably too young, like you know, even going back to nineteen, like so. Even at that, like Wexford seemed to be popping a few of those guys in, like you know Galway, they, you know Kevin Lee, like who's a really you know really fucking bright, uh, uh, bright prospect for us. Played, he came on a couple of league games there. Now he's still. He's he's under twenty again next year, like so. He's a guy that that could see action during the summer, like you know. He's a forward and he's a nice bit of size, but he's got he's got huge skill, like you know. And he's he's strength wise, he seems to be to be getting there as well. I suppose why lads aren't coming through, it's a hard question, like you know. I think what we found from from our tenure as in the management is when guys came to us and we started looking at guys, the younger guys coming out of twenty one or twenties. Um, a lot of them just struggled physically to step up to be when you brought them in and brought them in and they trained with you know the Porrick Menions and Aidan Hartz and, and Di Burks and all these guys G-Max and, and the Coonies um, they were finding it physically very hard to try and, and, and to compete with these guys like so for example um, in the first year we had we did TJ Brennan come in you know from Clarence Bridge like and uh Physically, he was very good hurler, but physically he was under a little bit of pressure. And he played the first league game against Limerick back in 2000 over in, in the Gaelic grounds. And, and Graham Mulcahy gave him a bit of a runaround. But to be fair, like TJ went away, and over that 12, 15 months, I suppose, between with the COVID thing, by the time we came back again, physically TJ had done a massive amount of work. Like, you know, and now, like TJ, like Clarenbridge got to the senior championship <clears throat> final in, in Galway last year, and TJ was centre back, like and, and a pivotal player. And um, he was full back for UL in the Fitzgibbon win that they, they had there last week as well. And he came on then for Porrick yesterday when Porrick went off with the concussion. And like physically, he turned into like you know into a player like he had the hurling, but physically he really transformed himself. And now he looks like he'll probably be pushing for for I'd imagine for a starting starting place come championship. But we don't have enough of guys that have physically developed themselves enough to be able to step up and survive at that level. Um, seems to be a little bit of a problem, you know. A couple of years ago, when um, 
2020, say, Wexford flying in the league. And we thought, geez, we're going great now. We have a brilliant chance of winning this. And obviously then COVID hit. It was a long time come championship. And we played Galway in the semi-final. And he just hammered us out the gate. Had ye like figured out the Wexford game plan then? And just said, right, we know what yeah. these guys are going to do. Yeah, well, like we spent a lot of time, like, like in fact, like Shane was like very thorough manager in relation to like analysis and you know opposition analysis and that side of things. And like it's something, you know, I've been trying to, I suppose, you know, you know, try better myself more at like, you know, and during that lockdown, like we all had teams to work out, like, you know, and we'd all do our own analysis on five or six teams and their games and we'd swap over and we compiled a lot of stuff, I suppose. Like, so we had a lot of a lot of work done, you know, outside of the pitch before we played that Leinster Championship. Like, and I suppose especially the Wexford game. Like, you know, we had a um, even though at the same time the Galway Club Championship was on, and like Thomas has played Turlock Moore in the final that year, and that was was a Sunday, and that was three weeks. It was the weekend, three weeks prior to playing Wexford, and we only got the lads back on the Thursday, so we literally only had. The full panel, and you know, there was a huge chunk of Thomas and Turlock Moore players on the panel. We only got them back literally two weeks prior to the Wexford game. So, yeah, it was like the lads played really well. Like, but I suppose you had, like, I mean, Wexford were probably becoming a little bit uh, predictable with what they were doing. And I think from watching them yesterday and seeing them over the couple of league games, and like, I know Dara, Dara well, like, and he's a very smart guy, like, and he seems to be, um, trying to integrate what Davy had done and, and and bring a little bit something else to it as well, like maybe develop that the long side of their game, you know, as well. Like, you know, and then when you have like Connor McDonald and, you know, in fairness to Rory Mac Rory, Rory O'Connor, sorry, Rory McCarthy there, I was in college with there back in the day. But Rory O'Connor, um, like you're looking at Jesus like he's nearly hurler of the year contender at this stage if he keeps going like this, you know. But he's a ferocious talent as well. So but like that time yeah, we did. We had a bit of work done and we kind of, you know, picked out a few lads and a few jobs for different players and uh, we thought we could get Shy up front as well, like, you know. And, uh, yeah, it worked out well on the day. Like, I, I know we got a lucky enough goal in the first half. It was either Jason or Arbino that got the goal and uh, I think at the time it gave us a little bit of daylight and we kicked on from there, like, whereas Wexford was just lacking that bit of penetration up top, like, you know, while they were bringing the ball out, they were kind of going nowhere with it at the same time. So it seems to be like, but to be fair to Davey, like, you know, and in the first couple of years, like he massive, massive success and massive job done. And you can see like yesterday, when you look at some of the play there, especially in the first half, um, the way they worked the ball out from defence, like and how comfortable they were doing that short game at pace, which is, it's not easy to try and get lads, get lads doing that right. Like, you know, and, you can see, I suppose that's in fairness. That's in fairness to Davy. Probably would have developed that side of the game, like you know. So now I think Wexford are getting to a stage where they don't have to hit another lateral pass or two to deliver a ball. Like so, when the opportunity is there to deliver, you can deliver it. Like you can, or you know, if the opportunity there for the overlap is there as well. Like so, <clears throat> like Simon Simon Dunne, who coming up to shoot a point there yeah. the last day was uh, not often you see it. Like you know, um, so I think Wexford are impressive and they seem to be able to marry a couple of different styles of game plan at the moment again whether you can keep 
bringing that into championship, you know, I would wonder, like, just from my own experience with leagues, you know, you don't want to peak too soon either, like, you know, and, and show everything too soon, you know. Um, so that's yeah. the only thing I'd be saying from Wexford point of view, but, like, they were hugely impressive yesterday, weren't they? I thought what Shane Dowling said was interesting on the league Sunday last night, that Wexford are the same but different because yeah. while, while they are doing a bit of the short game, they are mixing it up by going long, but they also have players inside now to to, mm-hmm. to aim at. It's not Conor McDonald in there on his own. or It seems to be the best place to put Conor McDonald though as well, like on the edge of the square. Like, you know, like, like when we played them that time, we found he was coming out the field a bit, like, you know, and he was taking pot shots over his shoulder, you know, on the sideline under pressure and stuff like that, like, whereas... He definitely seems to be a lot more dangerous in front of goal, like and his ability to win that ball. You know, he's a bit of like he has, you know, traits of Conor Whelan there as well. He's so strong, like, you know, and he's left-handed as well, which also I think is an advantage, you know, under the high ball, like, you know, so and with with the likes of Rory O'Connor uh buzzing around him as well and getting on ball. And they seem to be able to find him, like, especially the day against Clare, you know, there was kind of balls going in there to Rory that day that you'd see Limerick playing like to Gillan and, and Flanagan and them lads like them balls that diagonal balls to space that you can come out turn and off you go like so like any of them kind of balls you can get where you can get it in your hand unopposed and then off you go like are, are hugely advantage any decent corner forward or any full forward line will will hurt you if they're get if they're allowed get that ball so they're obviously he's obviously doing a good bit of work in in, into the guys out the field to, to 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 use those deliveries, especially those diagonal balls. So, and then I said like, and then you have the likes of Simon Dunn who making a own chance in his arm, and they finding him as well, and he's an easy point. Like especially when to you know to kind of put I think it was put them four or five up there near the end as well. Yeah. So they seem to be able to work it both ways, and I think that's important too. You know, especially this time of year when you're coming up into pitches like Salt Hill where there's a wind blowing, and I suppose down in your own place where. It's, it's never too mild either. Like, you know, there's always a bit of a gale. So you can actually adapt to to both both styles to, to suit the conditions as well, which is what I said. Dara Egan is an impressive guy and he's a very smart, sharp fella. And uh, like, he's doing a good job, like doing a very good job so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough one, especially for us here in Wexford um, to, to not get carried away because <laughs> winning three out of three now, we want to get excited about it, but then, you know, you have people in Limerick losing three from three saying that they're not really getting worried about it just yet anyway. And you yourself said that you don't think the Galway would be too upset about losing. Now, maybe the performance, yes, a bit disappointed with that, but not about losing because of it, it's just the league. I know, I know it's the ad now, the Allianz ad, it's just the league. But uh, it is just the league. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, and like the way we looked at it last year is like while we were trying out players and you were conscious that you had to try and, you know, get that spine in place and then work around it. Like if you can get your spine in place at any team, you know, that's that's half the battle. Like, and we were conscious of that in our league games last year. Like, so we went out to try and win every game. And like Tipperary were the only ones to beat us and we finished level then with Kilkenny like at the end of it because there was no league final or semi-final or whatever. But like, so we went like, and our, our reasoning for that was it was only a three-week window from the Cork, our last game against Cork last year to the first round of the championship for us. So like you're in that situation whereby 
like you know and we weren't in a position where we could go train every lad under the sun last year like because we only had three weeks prep before the league started you had your league games and then you're straight into the championship so you are conscious about trying to get your spine right and hope that you can pull a few 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 newer lads around the place and like you know like we thought we'd done enough you know, to, to, to put us a, ourselves in a good position before we played Dublin. And in fairness, like, I mean, Kilkenny still had a very good league last year and they were able to turn around and win a Leinster Championship. So, you know, while I'm saying it mightn't be the most important thing in the world, at the same time, winning is, is a lovely habit to have, like, you know, and yeah. as a new manager for Dara, he's dead right. Like, I mean, he's a hundred. If I was in Dara's position, I'd be going flat out to win every game because... It gets you a bit of, you know, it gets the players buy in. It gets them to be getting a bit of confidence in you, like, and they'll 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 start to have a bit of faith in what they're trying to do, like. And him as a new manager and a new management, that's what he'll be trying to have, have been doing over in the league games, like. So you know, I can fully understand where he's going, and I do the same thing. And there's no, there's, hopefully it'll all work out, and it won't be a case of, of just showing the hands too early, like, because look at Kilkenny done it enough years there, winning leagues and championships, and fairness to Limerick as well, they won a. You know, there were a couple of years there on the trot and they, they couldn't lose a game. Like So if you can bring that consistency into the championship and be able to to get them up that couple of levels that it jumps, uh, that'll be the key. Like, you know, so like league is one one thing, but it's just even if it's a three week gap or two week gap, it's the, the mental thing that uh, for a championship is it's a huge jump in intensity level and everything goes through the through the roof, like, you know, and you need to be able to match that. Like, and unfortunately for us, we weren't able to do that last year, you know, it's been against Dublin. Like we, we, you know, we just couldn't score. Like, you know, you know, we've scored so freely during the league and then we've hit everything wide the day we played Dublin uh, and at the goalie and, and, you know, which was, you'd be scratching your head about, like, you know, we didn't change anything with the way we were trying to play, but we just couldn't score. And, and Dublin were scoring easy enough down the other side. So, that puts you under pressure. So I think if, if if Wexford can finish out the league fairly well and look at I know I know Dara's probably going to try and win it and rightly so. But it's trying to to get them up to get them up a couple of gears then when that finishes to get ready for like because Galway will bring they will bring a, a a big a big challenge for Wexford even though it is in Wexford like you know because I'm sure God the Galway boys there like um after the two performances last year like they they, they have a lot to Go out and play for like and show that they're not as poor as what we were that in them two games like so like I'd be expecting a huge display of you know work rate and, and honesty and commitment like you know um, and I think that's what Henry is trying to to see what these guys have like you know um, and try and get that over them and that was probably the most disappointing thing yesterday that Wexford could really kind of do what they liked and, and Galway just let them you know and that that you know whatever about losing a game you'd rather lose with your you know you lose with your boots on, like you know, and stuff like so. There probably was a period in the second half when, well, Galway were certainly on top. I think they, I think Connor Cooney scored five or six mm. points without reply, one or two from play. But Galway were Wex, Wexford couldn't get a hold <clears> of the ball, and Galway were just dominating every part of the field. But then I think the goal from Ushin Pepper mm. after Galway had brought it back level, then that goal probably. Did it knock 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 a uh, knock the wind out of him again? Yeah, possibly did. Yeah, I mean, I suppose they had brought it back to three points. I think at that stage, or they were even gone level at that stage. They were, it was it was gone level actually. Wasn't I think it? they brought it back and, to level. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it was it was like it was just Derek played a ball to Dahi and Dahi played it back to him and gave it. Yeah, you know, there was a bit of mess, and I suppose and Dahi didn't got blocked down. 
Um, again, I suppose at that stage, Dahi should have been probably trying to just break the tackle and, and give it to somebody outside him, like, you know, or break the tackle and just make give it back to Derek so he could get rid of it, you know, rather than hitting the ball up under pressure, like, you know. But look, Oshin Foley, I think, was the guy that, that, that blocked it. Yeah. Um, he, he seems to be a good hurler. Like, I know he's Paulie's brother. He seems to have had a, an impressive league and seems to be a bit of a find. Because it was a good block, like you know, it was it was a high ball, and he, he kind of got the got the got the touch on it, and obviously it fell to that young fella, and he buried it like so, and that kind of day definitely did. But I think we were at the same time, you know, I think we gave a lot of away. We seem to be giving away a lot of cheap frees in in or in around your middle third as well. And I suppose for Wexford, I suppose they need to try and you know, I suppose that's where they'd like to get Leach in back, like on the freeze again. Like I think he had a lot of frees there that were just. You, you know, when when Paddy stood over them or when Rory stood over them, there was no guarantee they were going over the bar, like you know. Um, yeah, I suppose Paddy's <clears throat> taking all the long distance ones, and they're always going. They're always going to be lower percentage. Jack, Jack O'Connor has done well on the freeze, but yeah, he, he'd still be behind Lee Chin. I, I think you'd want you'd want Lee back taking them. Even Rory, I think, took over the freeze and he scored one and missed one when when Jack went off. Salt Hill is always a particularly tough place for free takers, though. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's 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 it is like it's a horrible place. Like you know, um, yeah, like even on the finest of days, like you could have a gale force winds blowing there, and even yesterday, it's it's always a bit of a dark and gloomy place to be. Like you know, and we've always tried to think of it as a place that you know, usually like all we are hard enough to beat there because teams don't tend to like coming up there like you know and uh, usually that's a little bit of an advantage but like obviously Wexford were were more than ready for that yesterday so they were like and uh, they really like their work rate was was a lot higher than it was at all but then look at it I mean if they hadn't got that block on that for that goal you know maybe Galway could have went on and kicked on and got a few points and, and won it as well like so I suppose from that point of it it wasn't you know but then like our fight back after that just didn't really materialise. Like it just Wexford seemed to kind of get control again then for the last 10 minutes or so and, and kick on. So look at it again, it is only the league. And like for our, our point of view, I thought like Jack Grealish played really well corner back there yesterday. Like Ron and Glennon has had a good campaign to date midfield. And they're two kind of guys that are fairly new. Like, you know, like Jack has been there though. Jack has been all our middle since 2017. Like, so he's been kind of knocking on the door a while. Like, you know, but... He seems to be having a good campaign there, like at the moment, with, with like especially with Darren Morrissey out for a while. Like so, there's probably a bit of you know, there's probably a little bit of maybe room opening up there in the cornerback positions. You know, you mentioned Ronan Glennon there. Um, the main, my main memory of Ronan Glennon of the game is that uh, brilliant hook from Damien Rick. What did you make mm. of that? Yeah, Jesus, like I was like he probably should have laid it off, and then maybe he should have tapped it over like I mean Ronan is a kind of half back line midfielder like so maybe a little bit out of his comfort zone when he found himself Jesus nearly in front of goal with a goal chance on like you know but it was a phenomenal hoop though like to be fair like to, to Damien Reck like it was you know the ground he made up was amazing like he's another guy he's a guy that's playing, playing really well for Wexford the two of them actually are aren't they the Shane and, Shane and Damien, Damien yeah like we, like I did come up again, we played against them. Like we, I was involved with our under 20s back in 2018. We played Wexford in the Leinster final. Great and, game, um, yeah. Brilliant game. Yeah, like we were three up, I think, in normal time and Wexford got a goal right at the very end. And then Wexford were up by two points and we fired in a big long ball and, and Sean Blaine caught it and stuck it in the net and we won by a point, like, you know. 
And uh, but Rory O'Connor like gave an exhibition that day, but um, I think Shane Reck was playing as well that day, and uh, Jack O'Connor and a few guys like that. Um, so yeah, look at their their good players, the Rex, and they seem to be settling into places there like at the moment, like you know. Um, I suppose it gives a bit of, and, you know, with with uh, Liam Ryan missing as well yesterday, he was another. I suppose imagine he'd be a big loss, like like when you when you've seen the likes of him out and Chain out and McDonald out. You know, and they come into Pierce Stadium, you definitely probably would have been fancy in Galway to 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 get to, to get it over the line. So yeah, look at it. It's, it's a big result for Wexford now, to be fair. I wonder was there something in uh, Conor Whelan is not here, right? Liam Ryan, <laughs> you you can you can take the day off because yeah, your maybe. man is not coming. You go sit beside him in the stand. <laughs> yeah, actually, look at there's bound to be a little bit of shadow boxing because when you are out you know in a few weeks time again like you, you can't really show everything so you can't like so look at maybe there was nothing wrong with Conor Whelan either you know you know you're only going on what speculation is there and and I I, I genuinely I don't know I don't ask um so I, I don't really know whether he was injured or not but you can be sure there there is definitely an, an element of um of shadow boxing in it like so that's why I don't think I don't think Galway will too, be too despondent over but at the same time they have a tough game now to go down to Porky Cueve on Saturday and um, and try and get a result, especially with Cork kind of flying it. Like, is Cork are the type of team that if you they build up a little bit ahead of steam, they could annihilate you, especially down in Porky Cueve. Like, you know, um, they're so used to playing in that kind of surface this time of year and so good at it. And they're playing it sharp. Like, so that's a game where Galway, you know, Galway don't want to, they don't want to go and lose another game. Because again, it's about a bit of confidence, and with the championship creeping up on you, you need to try and get a couple of wins. Like, I mean, a league semi-final, I think for most teams would probably be, you know, a name for them in the league. Like, I think that'd be fairly satisfactory. That means you would have won a few games. You might have lost one or two, but you'd had, you know, you'd have had a decent run of it. Like, you know, um. So I think that's an important game for Galway now on on Saturday evening, and it's going to be a tough one. Like, especially after, you know, they having such a, a convincing win over Limerick. Yeah, another another point I think that Don Log was making that, you know, Galway got the win over Limerick um in the last round and that was seen as being excellent. Wexford got the win over Limerick in the first round, which is seen as being excellent. But then after what Cork did yesterday, then is is it putting those results into perspective or is it shining a different light on it, which I think is a bit harsh. Yeah, actually, look like it. possibly like I mean Limerick were still missing probably six or seven starters yesterday. Like, um, yeah, you know, and um, so look at I don't I really don't like I think Limerick at full strength, um, come next April and May are going to be a formidable outfit. I actually to play that, against. that's um, going to be a, a cracking game. The first round of the Munster Championship is mm-hmm. is Cork and, and Limerick. Yeah, it's 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 setting up nicely, like and you know, especially with the bit of bite that was there yesterday with a couple of red cards and stuff like and there's a bit of a rivalry, I suppose, developing between them now. And uh like like Cork, I suppose, had to show something, and they really after the All Ireland last year, like it was probably the worst performance of all time in an All Ireland final. So they needed something to show, they needed to stand up and show something that you know yesterday. So you know, you, I wasn't surprised with the performance, like but I really don't think I don't think Limerick are gonna lose too much sleep over it really either. Like, you know, I'm sure they're it's a tricky one, isn't it? Like for them, like with this split season, this is all new to all these intercounty setups. And you know, they're probably trying to gauge as much as possible that they want to try and start hitting the ground running now come April and May, like you know, whereas before it was always a little bit later in the year. So it's there's probably a little bit of 
you know, adjusting to, to trying to manage the run-ins now, like, you know, so I'd imagine, you know, they're obviously looking at it, trying to get X amount of game time into certain players and trying to build up their squad a little bit more and, and get more game time into Carl O'Neill and Colin Coughlin and, and Adam English and these younger guys. And so, yeah, look, at I, I think, I think, I think, I think Limerick are still very much the, the team to beat and, and will be when they have everybody on the pitch later on in the year, they're going to be, they're going to be hard to stop. So, yeah. That's yeah. part of it, isn't it? Every, the, t- the three teams I'd say who have beaten them clearly, specifically targeted this game. Yeah, it is. And even when we played them last year in the stadium, like, and like, we were well up for it, like, and it was a game we definitely targeted as well. And it was just literally to put down a marker, like, you know, like they they took us in the semi final in in that winter championship, like, you know, and we put up a decent performance that day. But at the same time, you know, being honest about it, like, you know, Limerick looks like they were always going to win it. Like, we were hoping to maybe catch them. And like, we lost Carl early in the match, Carl Mannion, and then Joe went off injured. But, um, like we were level going into injury time, so like the chance was there for us, I suppose, and they had beaten us in the league. So we were kind of conscious we didn't want to get back beaten by them three times in a row. Like so that was our you know motivation for that game when they came to Salt Hill last year. And I'm sure it is anytime when you're up there on a pedestal, you know, you really want to it's always going to focus the mind uh, and players are going to try harder. So maybe for Galway it was a case of like, you know, they thought, yeah, you know. What would happen against Limerick was automatically going to happen against Wexford, but it doesn't happen like that. Like, and you can't just turn up to one of these league games and, and switch it on. Like, so you know, so maybe it was a case of some of Galway's guys just presuming what they done against Limerick was just going to happen automatically against Wexford, and that's how you learn, though. You know, by playing them games and, and seeing your frame of mind going into the games, and you know, wondering what did I do, like that I could do it against Limerick, and then I just couldn't couldn't get going against Wexford or couldn't get motivated enough or whatever the case may be for it like so it's to get that consistency and that's the you know them good teams seem to be able to build that consistency in and be able to grind out them results even playing poorly so they do so for us anyway it's I think I think they really need to get performances for the court game and the clear game and um, whatever way that leaves them at the end of the league at least they'll have had a fair fair run at it and, and, and then they have their, their couple of weeks prep before championship We've seen a bit of a a bit of a clampdown on players throwing the ball. There's some very obvious throws that mm. the refs didn't seem to care about last year. Do you think that the refs will continue into championship with with this? Yeah, look at your look at the GA. It looks like they'll just forget about it, isn't it? Really like <laughs> it you know, um, like I've seen it so much time over leagues and stuff, and it's all this, that, and the other, and come championship then the whistle is there in the pocket and lads are just let, let off like it's very hard to like like I, I find myself I'm, I'm still playing a bit there with the lads in the club and stuff and I find myself you know throwing the ball off in drills and in games like myself because I, I can get away you know you can get away with it like so I think it's this thing that players are getting away with it so often I seen it in our game yesterday like and Claire had a good bit of work done the Claire Miners like you know obviously a good bit we did nearly six weeks done more than we had but they were very quick laying off ball and nine times out of ten they threw the ball like, you know, and everyone could see it and the referee wasn't blowing it like, you know. So it is, yeah, it is. It's 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 it's, it's a tough one. It's, it's hard to know what to do with it and it happens so fast. Maybe if you keep pulling first, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a tough one. To, it's a tough one. I, I, can't, I can't see them clamping down it too much like, you know, as well. Um, it happens so fast, and especially when you get to championship, 
and all them top teams, the way they play, everything is going so quickly. It's very hard to spot it, like you know, especially if you, if it's if it's not in his line of vision either, like you know, because he's he's only going to go on shouts from other players or whatever. So it's hard to know. I, I can't see a change unless unless the GA do something severe to try and stamp it out. It's very it's very hard, like you know, and unless the referees really become very consistent, which you're going to need every referee to be to buy into that. The problem no is the, the 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 better you are at it. At, at, at a quick hand pass, the more it's going to look like a throw. So, yeah, the, be- yeah. the, the better you master the skill, the more you're going to get called on it. Like, well, it wasn't that it was that well done or anything, but Grode McNerney did a perfectly good hand mm. pass, and it was again it was highlighted on the on League Sunday. The yeah. clear gap between the palm and the ball, and then he, he hand passed it off, and he was blown for it. That's that's the problem. When the referees start yeah. calling clear hand passes as freeze, that's when people are going to get very disgruntled with it. Yeah, you're right. Like, but like the, the speed it happens at, like now, because they are doing everything so quickly, like and their drills, like everything is done at hundred miles an hour, like uh, at that level. And as the year goes on, it gets quicker and quicker, and um, it's very hard for a referee to try and to try and see that and constantly get it right. Like you know, I mean, it takes you know pausing it and replaying it on the television to actually see some of these things like and see that they were correct like so so what chances referee got like you know and so I, I don't know I can't see it being something that's going to be I do I do see it as as an annoying thing but I can't see I can't see it being rectified for this summer anyway or this championship yeah I'd have a, a quarter I would call up two throws per game <laughs> any more <laughs> any more and you ruin you ruin the game like don't you yeah, that's it too. And like you know, they don't want to be stopping the game for everything either. Like, cause you know, that's it's isn't it always the way? Like with the, the league, they'll always blow for everything here and there, and then yeah. championship like nothing is fucked. Sure, last, last, last year, everyone was going crazy about the amount of freeze. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think some some referees seem to take different different approach to it too. Really, so they do like um, yeah. I think there's a lot of inconsistency in the refereeing as well, and like. You know, some of the referees are very good, like an excellent, like you know, and you know, when we when we get we're getting fixtures for games, like the next question you ask, like after where it might be honest, who's refereeing it, like, and then you'd like you'd you'd, you'd nearly be doing that, you know, because we were you would be doing analysis analysis on referees and previous games they would have played and what they focus on and stuff like that as well, like so that goes into your preparation as well for for the championship games, you know, some some referees will focus on stuff. You know, whether it's steps or stuff like that, you know, so it's just to be, you know, our tackling technique and all that kind of thing. Referees seem to have different interpretations of all of this stuff, so it can be a bit of a bit of a conundrum at times. New the new tackling technique, um, shoulder to the head, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it was. Look, sure, it was obviously a straight red, um, you know, um, I think someone I seen someone on, on Twitter was saying if if the if Sean Finn hadn't taken that sidestep, it would have been a shoulder to shoulder. But I think, look at, I think Shane Kingston was going to bury him one way or the other, like, you know, or trying to. Oh, 100%. Uh, <laughs> I think he just, Sean Finn was so quick on his feet coming out, like, because, you know, he's such a class player, like, you know, um, nine times in, he'll get away with that. And, and, and the likes of Kingston would have pulled back on it, like, you know, or not have committed as, as hard, like, but I think it was a case of, this is a league game now, and this is my chance to 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 get one over. And this guy, like you know, there was probably an element of that in it, like from from Shane Kingston's point of view, like you know, 
even though he was, you know, he was hurt and brilliant as well at the time. Yeah. Um, he probably didn't need to do that. He was probably hurting them in other ways, but maybe he felt he needed to, this was an opportunity for him just to put down a marker, like for, for what's coming down the road, you know, but, but I'm sure Sean Finn will put that in his little black book anyway for, for that first round. So he will, but um, yeah, look at it, it was a straight red. But then you have like, you know, Keen Lynch thing there from, from the from the NUIG game, like you know, um, you know, and that kind of decision, you know, and that we came from Fergal Horgan, like who I'd regard as probably the best referee in the country, you know, definitely the most consistent and the easiest guy to talk to. Like, and when he was on, even doing the, the third, you know, the sideline in any of our games, <clears throat> whether they were league or championship, or he was the third official there, and like really sound fella, like, and then you know, always talk to him, no problem at all, because he'd have. You'd have some linesmen there, like, and you know, they they wouldn't, Jesus, they'd walk down top of you before they'd actually talk to you, like, when you'd be asking a question about something. So the power just go to some of their heads on some of them. But like Fergal, geez, I'd regard him as as a sound fella, like, and a really good ref. So yeah, I suppose that decision the day on Keen Lynch was a bit disappointing. But albeit, I know, I think it was probably the Sean the linesman, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I think I think um, that was I think you need to put that one on Sean Clear and not Fergal argument. Yeah, yeah, probably like but yeah, it was yeah, it was I, I noticed I don't think I don't think it was even a free, like not to mind to be brandishing care. Yeah. Like, you know? another thing they were clamping down on well not really clamping down on it, but I noted Column Lines was the uh the linesman for the Wexford Galway game and Fintan Burke was making divots for his sidelines and <laughs> Colin was telling him to stop. <laughs> I, when I was watching that, I was saying to them, my Mrs. Karen was there, not, not that she was watching it, like, but uh, she was beside and I was there. Did he actually tell him to move the fucking ball back? Yeah. <laughs> he got him to move it like, twice, I think. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, just, like, but like like the lights of the stadium, like, you're not going to see that too often either. Just there wasn't much grass there on the sidelines, like, you know, and yeah. it's a bit bare, like, at the moment. Like, so, but like, you know, the, the likes of them guys, it, it's it's nitpicking really some of that stuff, you know, I think anyway, like it's frustrating, like, and it just adds to the, you know, the crowd get frustrated with it and officials get frustrated with it and stuff like so. Um, it is, it's a frustrating aspect of it, but then look at who would be an official, I, I don't know how they do it, like it's, it's, yeah, have to respect nightmare them, stuff you know? to, be, to be an official. <laughs> in a, it is. In, ever, like, in, in the quick, such a quick game that's, Rules, so many rules to follow. We were, we were only talking about it uh, with Colin Ryan, but just all the rules, and they're trying to bring in more rules. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. But it is difficult. Like, look at referees, you know, to be fair to them. And I find myself, <clears throat> like, we're organizing games at the moment, challenge matches, and, you know, you might make 10 phone calls before you can get someone, like, you know, and even we got a fellow yesterday and he had done an under 16 game that morning and he came over doing us a favor, like, you know, and, you know. Yeah. You'd have lads, you'd be trying to tell the lads, Jesus, well, you don't be shouting at him. Like, he's actually giving <laughs> up his Sunday afternoon to come and referee a minor challenge match. So, um, you know, you have to have a bit of respect as well for them. Like, you know, and I, I personally, I've, I've kind of grown to respect them more since I've uh, gone on the sideline a bit more as well. Like, you know, it's just, you, you know, it's a tough job, like, you know, and uh, they're trying to do their best, you know. So it is frustrating, but like, you have to give them a bit of respect. You know, if you don't, we're going to run out of referees. <laughs> so, yeah. How important is this first round of the Leinster Championship between Wexford and Galway now? Realistically, and I don't mean to offend the Leash or Westmead people, but realistically, there's three places for four teams being Wexford, Galway, Dublin and Kilkenny. Yeah, look at it. And there's, 
there's going to be a big gun falling by the wayside so there is so it's massive like so every game in, in this like and it is it's like like you, winning is a habit like and, and like that's why like I wouldn't be overly bothered about Galway losing yesterday's game as long as we can get a performance and even you know you get a performance down in Cork the next day and it's a tough place to go now and, and try and get a result and get a performance against Cork and, and you've clear I think coming up the stadium the following week or maybe two weeks later whatever the case may be and try and get a result there and, off, and you know and then like it's massive like it is like especially going down to Wexford Park like it is, it is it's a really tough place to go like and you're going to have a full house like and uh the atmosphere is, you know, like I, I got we played Wexford in the in a Walsh Cup back in Jesus January 2020 down in, in um a Walsh Cup final down in Port Leash. And Wexford had a sizable crowd there, like and God, it was like it was you'd have the hair stand on your arms that day, and it was only a Walsh Cup, but yeah. from the what the crowd bring like so and I was I remember being at you know Wexford going Wexford back in 2018 down in Wexford Park, Johnny Glenn was full forward, and like unbelievable atmosphere like and I know we came away with uh, just about getting got over the line that day and I think Galway would would take that like it's going to take a massive performance because you can see how different Wexford are now like and like if you were going analysing Wexford now like what are you analysing like you know when we were analysing them before we knew you know Kevin Foley was going back and, and he was going to be sweeping and you know you were going to give up a cornerback to take puck outs and you know whatever like whatever way you want to look at it like but like now you know, there's a few strings to their bow, like, and you don't really know what way they're going to go, like, so it's going to be tricky enough to analyse them, um, so it is as well, like, so it's going to be, a, it's going to be a battle, like, yeah, absolutely, like, and if, I think for Galway, we need to get all our big guns back, like, and get them fished, and we're not going to have them all for that game, like, which is, which is, is going to affect us, like, because, you know, you're not going to have Jason Flynn, you're not going to have Shane Cooney, as you said, you're not going to have Joe Kenning, you're not going to have Aidan Hart, so that's four guys gone from our first 20 guys last year for the last few years so we need to find four new guys and have we found them yet you know I don't think so are we going to find them over the next few weeks time will tell and we need to try and get Darren Morrissey back get Brian Concannon back like so um, it's going to be a huge 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 ask I think but it's it's something that in fairness to the Galway lads as I said before they have something to prove now after after the two performances last year. And like when Galway get everyone on their feet on the on the pitch, like they showed against Limerick in the league game, they have huge ability too. Like um, and they have a lot going for them. So they have physically like they're they're a strong team and they'll be uh, and they'll be very hard to and they look when the when they when they when the frame of mind is right, they're a match for anyone. Like so but it is it's going to be a massive game and you know you lose that game, you're under pressure then straight away, aren't you? And you know you have your your Dublin and Kilkenny coming down the road at you. Then so yeah, it's 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 like in Dublin, like Dublin under Matty, like you know he seems to be he seems to have picked his twenty five or six guys, and that's all he's looking at now, and that's all he's focusing on. Like I think his his time of trying to blow a load a load of new lads now for now anyway for this season is not going to happen. He he seems to know his team now, and he's and going they're, they're another form team at the moment. They are, yeah, and I suppose like the thing is for them, like to bring that consistency, like like they they like they they beat even though they only beat us by four points that day they played us, they, they beat us off the field really, like you know, if you're honest about it. And uh, then they fell short to Kilkenny, like you know, so he needs to bring what what's happening now into the championship the same as Dara probably does, you know. Yeah. So from our point of view, you're hoping that you're finding out different things, you know, it's dampening that expectation 
you know, yesterday's performance. And there, there is a lot of, there's probably a bit of pressure that comes with Henry. And I won't say on Henry or anything, but that pressure and that expectation when you're bringing like the most iconic player that we've ever seen in the, in the country uh, to, to manage our team um, is going to bring a huge level of expectation and a huge buzz back. So I think from Henry's point of view, these losses here and there are, are no harm for him either because it dampens that expectation a little bit and it puts things in a little bit, you know, makes things a little bit more realistic. Like Because while we all know that there's loads of potential there and there's loads to offer, Galway still have an awful lot of work to do to get up to to the likes of the, the Limericks and, and, that, and, that, and that area, you know. So, yeah, we'll see. We look forward to it. Then you have poor Dara building up all the extra people's expectations. We're all booking off holidays in, in July already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Uh, I listened to your your interview with him actually. There, I was. I was in Kilkenny this morning, like so. I was out early, and uh, you sent me. I was. I started. I listened to it on the way down. So, yeah, it was. It was good. It was good. Yeah, look at. I mean, look at it. It's, it's like, like in Galway, like you have ferocious hurling following, and obviously in Wexford, it's it's unbelievable as well. Like you know, and people, you know, they want to get on a run during the summer like you know Galway people want to travel down to Wexford for that game and they want to you know get around to the you know and that's the great thing about this round robin thing in the Leinster and it's probably something that I'm you know jealous of I suppose from being involved the last two years that we never had that opportunity like but that that's life and that's the way the way it falls isn't it that you don't get them four or five games and be able to travel down to these big grounds and experience that that buzz of the championship that's in it like you know and that'll always That'll always bring something out in the players, you know, when you have that that atmosphere. So that's why I, I have no fear of, of Galway bringing a big performance uh, next, you know, when the, when the time comes there in April. Like, I, I don't know, no, I wouldn't be worried about it at all. And that's why I'd be saying, like, I wouldn't be too despondent about the league. Like, you know, like when they, you know, Henry, he's, he's been there so much himself and he knows what way the lads need to be prepared to get up to that level, to, to get that championship performance out of them. Like, so... Yeah, I'd say the lads will be will champing at the bit for that. Like, but again, we, we do need we do need a few things to go our way over the next three or four weeks to just put us in a place to be able to put that performance out there as well. You know. Now we do a new segment we've been doing. We do hurler of the week. Now it's a Wexford hurler of the week, mm. and we're going to ask you to pick it. Now we are a little worried that it will just become the Rory O'Connor. I was just going to say the Rory O'Connor The, the Rory O'Connor <laughs> Award every week. So bear that in mind when you pick your up. Like, how do you, like, from Rory O'Connor's point of view, like, uh, what do you think is causing this consistency that he's bringing to the game now? Like, you know, that that he has been so good, like, over the last, like I said, I, I seen him up close that day. We played the Leinster final against Wexford, like, and he was, he was brilliant. Like, he was just, you know, he was one of those players where, you see them and you go, you know, you'd know him probably from, I'm sure guys that were involved with him at under 14, um, probably seen him at that stage and said, Jesus, this guy, this guy's going to make it. Like, he looks like one of them kind of special talents, doesn't he? Just so direct. I love it. He's so exciting yeah. to watch. It's um, hard to know why, but you have to think, like, he's still, he's very young, like, you know, so maybe his inconsistency in previous years was because he was so young and now he's just, developing you know getting older more experience yeah, he, he's an exciting talent like you know because he seems to be one of those guys now that could be one of them really good great players so he does he seems to have that in his locker like he, you know that ability to win the ball and he's got pace and as you said there that directness like that you know if there's half a goal chance on here I'm going for it like you know 
and uh, I'm sure he's going to win a few penalties during the cha- <laughs> during the championship. Like I've no doubt, like because lads aren't going to let him walk in like he did that day against Clare either. Like you know, uh, yeah. <clears throat> they'll probably take their chances on the on the on the on the on the free shots. So they will. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Dio Keith was was brilliant yesterday because he's a guy who. <clears throat> You know, we gave Johnny Cohen the job of, of tying him up now that day, that that winter championship in Crow Park, like, you know, and, and Johnny's the kind of guy who, <clears throat> you know, Galway need back as well, because he kind of goes about his business. And some people might notice what Johnny does, like, and Johnny will chip in with a point or two. But if Johnny has a job to do, there's absolutely no better man in the world. Like, and Dio Keith got ended up getting taken off, I think, halfway through the second half that day, hadn't fucked the ball, like, and Johnny Cohn hadn't tipped much either, but the reason was because he was doing such a good job, like, you know, but so to see, you know, at that stage where you, where you wonder, were you thinking Dio Keith was he, was he coming towards the end of it? But he seems to be, you know, rejuvenated. And um, again, like, you know, maybe that's just, you know, the bounce you get from a new management coming in and maybe a different type of role and more, you know, more of an attacking role and stuff like, but I thought he was, I thought he was excellent yesterday. He's, he's used to the ball and he's always one of these guys when you see him getting the ball that you're kind of like you like to see him getting it because you know right he's going to get it and he's going to do something with it like um, so I thought he was really good like yeah I thought he was definitely one of the best players on the pitch yesterday I think he's having a fine campaign and if he could bring that form in you know um, into it and I think it's taken maybe Kevin Foley a little while to adjust back to maybe not playing the out and out sweeper thing um, I didn't think he was as prominent as, as he would have been before, I suppose, you know, but then again, he probably wouldn't have been getting on as much ball, but I think it's a good partnership if, if you could get that going anyway yeah. um, for during the summer. Like So yeah, no, I think, I thought Dio Keefe was brilliant. Um, to clarify, Dio Keefe is your choice for Hurler of the Week? Yes, 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 yeah, yeah, he's a good, he's a, he's a, he's a serious Hurler. I don't know the fella now, like, but um, from watching him over the years, you have a lot of respect from like, you know, and again, when we were doing analysis, he's he's definitely one of them key guys you'd be trying to tie down and nullify, like not easily done. And it took one of our better players to, to do that job on him, like you know. So um yeah, when you can kind of stop him, it goes a long way towards, you know, winning the game from, from an opposition's point of view. Like so yeah, that's that's what that's from my own, I suppose, inside view on it, like you know, from from, from looking at him and, and seeing him play yesterday. Yeah. We're gonna ask you a few quick fire questions now. Who's the best player you've ever played with? Best player I've ever played with. Um, ah, look, it had to be Joe. Albeit it was uh, only for a couple of years. Um, in two thousand seven, himself and Ali didn't come in uh, due to the fallout in the county final at the end of two thousand six, which was a pity between Lockray and Bertumna and and Gerald Man had come down towards in two thousand seven was was a with a a lot of, you know a lot of expectation like you know. But then Joe came in to us. We had a really good league run in 2008 and we played Cork in a semi-final down in the Gaelic grounds and it was Joe's first game. And uh, yeah, he was phenomenal. I think he scored, geez, I don't know, he scored 1-12, like, you know, this young lad coming in. And uh, obviously he played then in, in uh, I played in that game in, in, in midfield when he played in, in the, the Cork game later on the summer. When he scored two twelve off Jim and O'Sullivan, um, and kind of that was his. But like, ah, he was fantastic. Like so, but at the when I started, I suppose when I when I started hurling, I was lucky enough to play with Joe Cooney for a few years, you know. And we won a league there in uh, in two thousand. It was, and he played on that team, and he, he was fantastic as well. Like you know, 
Who's the toughest Wexford player that you've ever played against? You know, there was, um, I said I was in college in UL for four years back in the, at the end of the 90s. And uh, we came across a few Wexford guys at the time. Rory Mack was down there with us at the time. You know, he was after winning All-Ireland with Wexford at the time as well. And we played, he played against us in the 21 final. I think it was the week after he won the senior. At the, back in '96, yeah, but there was a fella in, in uh, he was a tough nut, and he played, he played, he played on that under 20, 21 team. Uh, I could get his Mick, is a Mick O'Leary. I think he was Rat O'Leary, Rat yeah, yeah, uh, Mick, lovely fella. And I ended up playing with him in college, but I ended up using to mark him in the in down in UL a lot, like you know. And he was he was a pig, like you know, he was <laughs> ferocious, like you know, and. Uh, that would be the the best uh, comment I could say about him, like you know, um, really tough, hard hurler, like you know, yeah, he's tough going. Like I, again, I suppose I didn't really come across in the noughties. We didn't really come across Wexford that much, yeah, really. Like when we were playing, because that time you still had the, the, that shite structure where you know, like we ended up in an Ireland final in two thousand one, but we beat Derry in the fucking quarter final. No disrespect to them, and we beat Kilkenny in the semi final. You know, that was the game, like, and we were next thing we were in the final, like, you know, and like, sure, it was lottery stuff, like, most years. So, obviously, we weren't, we didn't really cross paths much, like, so, bar a few league games, but now, like, Mick was, was good, like, that time, and I would have marked um, Doc O'Connor a good bit as well in, in league games, so, lovely fella, tough guy as well, like, you know, and uh, yeah, loads of good hurlers, so there was really, there were physical guys back then, like, I was reading. Some of Sean Flood's comments there was recently it was a Sean, it was a Shawnee Flood there that was wing back. I think he done an entry there on, on some in some paper there recently. Um, there were fantastic teams to watch. That, you know, again that time I was young, I was only minor, I suppose, around 97, 90 or 95, 96, like when when Wexford and Clare were 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 flying it like and I suppose Galway were when Galway were kind of turning up to play Wexford and Clare then times in our Ireland, our Ireland semi-finals, expecting to beat them. And uh, getting turned over by them, but they were some great teams, yeah, some fantastic teams, I suppose. And they were the kind of guys we grew up like admiring, like you know the, you know the all them great players that Wexford had that time, like you know. And so yeah, no, the, the, one of the guineas I would have came across actually at the end of the nineties as well in a league game up in Banlaslow, like and uh, geez, he turned me upside down a few times. I don't know, there was Dave or Rod Guiney, like. <laughs> I don't know which of them it was, but they they were they were tough guys. They're both tough. <laughs> what type of hurl did you use? I used I started out using a, an OG hurl, um, who and it would have been Paddy OG, God rest him, uh, would have made them like, and he would have made them actually. You know, all the hurls that the Galway teams would have been using back in the eighties, the hurls uh, would have been made by Paddy, like you know, and. Um, was that time there wasn't as many guys and he only lives up the road from here albeit I'm in Crawford Parish like where I live is, is very close to the Ardrahan border so his house is only like a mile or two up the road there so I always started out with him and I used him up along and then his son Ronan who's a teacher started at, uh, making them there again about oh, seven or eight years ago kind of resurrected it all like Paddy got sick there in the noughties and, and he got sick and he passed away so it was probably left idle for a while but Ronan kind of took it up and used the same kind of shape and template so yeah I've actually gone back and I'm I'm still going up getting hurls off Ronan like so yeah with a few different hurls in between but consistently it would have been it would have been an OG hurl which would be very prominent like you'd see David Burke now that's the hurl he would use like 
you know, um, and he would have used it over the last few years. Joe Cooney, Joseph Cooney, that's the type of hurl he uses. A lot of the guys would, would use them. They're a lovely stick, like, and it's... Uh, my own young fella then, like, he'd be... He would have came, like, he's eight now, like, so he's playing under eight. Under, I'm, I'm, with, I'm over under eights and nines this year as well, like, so... Um, he would have... He I would have... He uses OD hurls, but he uses Kenning hurls as well, so Ron is his name, so he would have came down to the... He'd come to every training session, you know, last year with, with the Galway lads. And then fairness to Joe, like Joe would give him a hurl every so often. Like he'd come, Joe would bring him in and give him one of the canning hurls. So he, he must have about 10 hurls out there for a, for an eight-year-old uh, between canning hurls and, and OD hurls, all with the grips and stuff on them. Like, so yeah. But yeah, OD hurl there was. And yeah, lovely stick. Like, Shrewd by Joe him. trying to turn him. Here's another canning hurl. Don't mind those OD ones. And he actually, like, because the, the kids' hurls we get, like, in the club are actually all canning hurls, like, because they're lovely light sticks, like, you know. So yeah. I used to get them off Jack or Joe during the season, like, for them. Um, yeah, look, at that's the gentleman he is, like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, there was, he just, just land down with a, with a hurl for him, like, or if he was there with a buddy of his, he'd just fire them out a couple of hurls with the grips on them, and sure, you know, seven, eight rounds there, they're <laughs> delighted. <laughs> Who is the one player you'd go to war with? Probably be Jamie and Joyce. Like, yeah, like he's a selector there, a coach with them. He's a good friend of mine. He's a selector with Galway this year again, and he was he was in the backroom team with 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 Mihal back in sixteen and seventeen and eighteen as well. Yeah, Joyce, he was a ferocious competitor. He was cornerback for us in the noughties, you know, in the the I suppose back around the the zero five when we got to the final and stuff. Um, you know, real, you know, a guy you'd hate to mark like himself and, and the other fellow, I suppose, would be Canning, like Ollie, like Ollie Canning, the two of them would have been cornerbacks at the time. And I would have obviously I would have known Ollie a lot. Myself and Ollie were two corner forwards back in 2000, actually, in the championship and in the league. Like, and Ollie ends up obviously going back into the into cornerback again. Like, but Ollie, if Ollie stuck it at the forwards, he would have been as good as, as any forward. So he would have, but um, another like, there are two horrible cornerbacks like and probably were half the reason I ended up going out to midfield like from corner forward <laughs> um, I just couldn't get the better of the two of them like but Joycey you know what he, he'd admit himself he's not the most stylish player uh, uh, by any means definitely he would he would die for you like he'd go through anything like and you know if you, if you come off the field after getting a few scores right off him you'd know all about it and the same with with Ollie Canning like what is the best inter-county goal you've ever seen? Well, the one that kind of stands out to me is, um, again, I can actually, it's funny, and it came up there recently on something on television. I don't know what it was, whether it was in the Lake or Gale or what it was, but I don't know if you remember, but it was uh, John Finton pulled on this ball uh, against Limerick. Oh, I'd say it was 1985 or 6 or 87 or something. The ball bounced around the middle of the field and he whipped on it and it ended up going into the, top corner of Tommy Quaid's Tommy Quaid's goal in a Monster Championship game but I remember at the time I remember I, I, it's so vivid I can remember actually being in the car with my parents uh, in Galway somewhere and, and the sun was melting us and dad had the radio on in the car like at the time so I actually only heard it on the radio and it was only when you seen the Sunday game that night obviously there was there was damn all games televised live that time I was probably I think only All-Ireland semi-final stage you got to when games were actually shown but yeah, that game, that 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 goal and 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 John Finton would have been um, a fellow I would uh, 
Todd was was an iconic type fella at that time back in, in the eighties. Like he was such a stylish player, and you know me being a forward midfielder type player and a scorer, or trying to be a scorer as such. You know that goal I thought was phenomenal. Like, and I don't think I've ever seen anything since. Like, you know, and look at whether he meant it or not. It was, it was, it was outrageous stuff. Like, you know, but it was just the, the flight. The, the ball be the one was that, phenomenal. Well, it's a part of the game you don't really see anymore. Like, you know, and like when I played, you know, we were always encouraged, especially when I was out midfield back back those days in in the mid noughties, and you probably get taken off for it now. Like, but like yeah. when a ball bounced, you just whipped on it. Like, you know, and. Like one ball came to me, Shane Cavanagh in the 2005 final, just for example, like Shane Cavanagh came out with a ball and he got tripped and he hand-passed it to me and it, it came and it just bounced lovely like on our half-back line. I pulled on it like and it went all the way down and my brother was full forward. <laughs> he probably wasn't fucking ready for the ball like, but the rock came out and sure fired him out of the way like and caught the ball, drove it back down the field straight away and Ben O'Connor had just got loose from Ali Kenning and fucking he got the goal out of it. Like, you know, it came and Ali missed it by half an inch and Ben O'Connor caught it, I think, and stuck it in the back of the net. Like, but it was like, it was that play that, you know, where you were, we were encouraged and I was able to, to move ball and I suppose I would have been risky as such in that I love just to move the ball as fast as possible, whether it bounced, you know, you know when a ball bounces and you, you pull on it and you get that 40, 50, you know, and that time it was fine, but I, I, that that time when it happened, uh, it just it kind of went against us in that, like you know, my own Niall probably wasn't ready for it or whatever the case was, and I Sullivan got it, and he just went route one all the way down the field, and it was Jerry Cargeman or Ali Canning went to block it, and they missed it by oh, half an inch, and then O'Connor just came in from the side and stuck it in the back of the net. But just just to be clear, it, it, like was, it was Niall's fault. For not, for not being ready. Yeah, the 2005 All Ireland final. Niall Healy's fault. I, I try not to blame myself for it. Like, you think, but like going back to that, you'd be thinking if it was now you got the hand pass, you took it in your hand, you probably popped a little pass, maybe 30 yards to, to a wing forward or centre forward. You know, it just wouldn't happen now, like, you know, that kind of thing. But then if the ball had broke another way, it's a quick ball into your foot forward line. So, you know, I suppose like you'd like to see some aspects of that. I suppose from my own philosophy on hurling, you'd like to see some aspects of that maybe a bit of ground hurling brought back to a point, like, you know. All right, last question now. <laughs> what is your favourite or most memorable moment from your career? Yeah, look, at, uh, I suppose, personally, um, you know, I scored a goal in all Ireland final, I suppose, is a big thing. I suppose something you always, um, you try and uh, mimic when you're at home, you know, playing in the lawn at home. Like, so, yeah, look, at I, I scored... Um, I suppose I got a goal there in the 2001 final, probably a fluke, to be honest with you. Um, but it went in all the same, like it was a tight angle. And I picked it up in the corner and we were a couple of points down against Tip at the time. And um, I went in along the inline and I remember Brendan Cummins was coming out and I seen Joe Rabbit, big Joe Rabbit, you probably remember him playing, had come on as a sub and he was in front of the goal, like on the edge of the square. And I hit the ball fully intentioned that it was going to hit something and bounce out to him or you know one of the lads there and we might get the get the rebound and uh, so that's why I'm saying it was a fluke but you know I, I after I lifted my head after striking it it just literally hit the inside of the post or hit the inside of the net on the post like so so it was a nice moment like you know um, a bit, bit surreal like you know but um, you, you kind of think then things will never kind of happen like but 
that was nice, even though we, we did we lost the final. Like I I I got a goal on a couple of points, and I you know at the same time I hit both posts during the game as well. So I'd be kicking myself. It was a lack of composure, if you could understand that. Like the canal end, I hit both fucking posts like in the second half, like good shots. Like um, so I could have ended up finishing the game with probably one five from play to be honest with you, uh, and I ended up with one two. Like see, so be always kicking yourself, but at the same time. I'd take it. It was nice to get, um, you know, sometimes it goes well for you. Look, at there was plenty of games when you wouldn't get a shot at the goal, but it's just the way it worked out, you know, um, it can be lucky like that. You need a bit of luck, don't you? Like when you're playing anywhere, like no more when, when you play midfield, you need the ball to break your way every swap as well. So uh, if we're giving John Fenton benefit of the doubt that he meant it, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt that you meant it. <laughs> I can say that all right. That is. <laughs> Thanks I was, very aim, much. I, was, I was aiming to hit something anyway, whether I said the back of the net was the Thanks very much, Fargal, for giving us so much of your time. No problem at all. Damien Fitzhenry is the best at what he did to ever play with. Unquestionably, was the best he ever was. Mike, like, he was just so I'm the youngest of the 15, uh, 9 brothers and 5 sisters. They just stuck you in the goal then? Yeah, well, uh, a so-called goal, uh, two tar barrels. Damien Fitzhenry was the best goalkeeper I ever played, but you know, I'd say, I'd say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. Thank you to Fergal for joining us. Very nice fella and very enthusiastic about hurling. Great to hear. Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it. In a quite a strange move, Gary, Darry Egan and the family have a playhouse in the garden for the kids. And right. Shane started camping out in it. And at some stage, he got locked in. Oh, dear. So he couldn't make the podcast, basically. And has he, has he got out? I I don't know that, actually. I may do a bit more investigating to find out. We'll try to get in touch. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscordy Credit Union. Take care. Oh, Wexford. Over the bear. All right, Wexford!